crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. You didn't think this was going to be easy, did you? I mean, this is the Dodgers we're talking about. All the history between these two clubs the last few years, it was never going to be easy. Of course it was going to come down to Wade Miley versus Clayton Kershaw tomorrow. You knew that on the way. Brewers fall a little bit flat today, 6-2 to two, the final against the Dodgers. I'm Dominic Catronio. we got an hour-long Brewers extra innings for you here this evening. Breaking down this defeat, Craig Kishon going to join us in a little bit once his television duties are finished with. Uh, some of the topics to go over today. What's going on with Eric Lauer? Uh, what is going on with the offense? And, and finally, what would you do with the roster right now? And a popular name that continues to come up is Keston Hira. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. If you want to participate in the program, it's 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Again, 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet me at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Cotronio, Catronio. Uh, Brewers... Fall 6-2 really didn't ever get going. They, at one point, they were retired 13 in a row uh, by the Dodgers bullpen in this one. It was a weird start to this game, too. Lead-off homer from Mookie Betts, a walk, uh, a bad pickoff by Lauer, a deep sack fly, and you blink, and it was 2-0. Uh, and then the bottom of the inning, we see Noah Syndergaard with blood on his finger, and we're like, wait a minute, what's going on there? In the bottom of the inning, he has to walk over before he even throws an official pitch, walks over to the dugout to clean up a, a cut on the top of his right index finger on his throwing hand, comes back out, throws that inning, but the Brewers got a couple of guys on, a leadoff single by Yelich, a walk by Winker, and then all of a sudden Adamas is up ahead in the count, 3-1. and one. He hits a frozen rope to left field, didn't quite have enough height on it, but Chris Taylor made a great leaping catch on the warning track. It was not a homer, but it would have robbed extra bases for, extra bases for sure. And uh, it was Chris bleeping Taylor once again, right? And he would make another diving catch later in the game. But what was so odd is... Then Rowdy Telez would ground into a double play to end that frame, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in the program. But what was so odd is nobody was throwing in the top of the second inning in the Dodgers' bullpen while waiting to figure out what's going on with Syndergaard. Uh, and then finally, we look up right as the final out is being made in the top of the second inning, and here comes Phil Bickford. Wait, wait a minute. He was never even throwing. So... He gets as long as he wants there to start the bottom of the second inning to warm up and get ready to go. Noah Syndergaard gets pulled after one inning of work because of that cut on the tip of his right index finger. And honestly, my take is the fact that that might have been the reason why the Brewers just fell flat in this one where you prepare so much for the starting pitcher of the day. And I'm not making an excuse because baseball is about adjustments, obviously. We know that. But the point is, you get ready for Syndergaard. Heck, he traveled ahead of the traveling party from San Diego in order to be ready for this start so he didn't have to deal with the late-night travel from Sunday night into Monday night. And here he is with a sliced finger like, well, I guess I can't pitch in this one anymore. And it was a bullpen parade for the rest of the way. I think there is something to that because, quite frankly, the Dodgers' bullpen has been pretty good. Noah Syndergaard has not been pretty good. And the Brewers didn't really get an opportunity to continually string some at-bats together against him. The first three batters had a really good thing going before Rowdy grounded into that double play. But 
I, I really think that there is something to that. It's not everything. The Brewers again did not make the adjustment necessary to get things going against the Brewer or against the Dodgers. They showed up a little bit later uh, against Shelby Miller there in the seventh inning with the two solo shots, but they got traffic in the eighth and the ninth innings, but could not get over the hump. It was a remarkably patient afternoon for both teams as far as walks and seeing pitches. It was a on the longer side of the pitch clock era, a two-hour, 53-minute game. So that was just the first thing that jumped out to me about this contest, that you're ready for Noah, and then you get one inning out of him, and you thought you were going to see him pretty well, and he never got a chance to prove it. This text from Josh, the Brewers had their scoring opportunities tonight, but it felt like the Dodgers' night from the get-go. How concerned should we be about Lauer's struggles lately? That will certainly be a topic we tackle with Craig Kishon here in just a little bit. Uh, for Lauer today, it was not that pretty. He only worked into the fourth inning. Three and two-thirds, four hits, four runs. Three were earned, but granted, the unearned run was because of his own error. Two walks, four strikeouts, two home runs as well. In those three and two-thirds, he threw 67 pitches. 44 of them were strikes, and there were uh, there was a lot of labor for him in this one. His ERA has now swelled to 4.72. His great fortunes against the Dodgers has fallen out today. It was his shortest start of his career against the Dodgers. Uh, And the finger was not an issue. We saw the trainers go out there in that first inning after the pickoff. Uh, We'll have to wait word from the clubhouse, check an eye on uh, Todd Rosiak and Adam McCalvey for what they hear from Eric Lauer uh, down in the clubhouse. But the Brewers... They fall today. It is what it is. And tomorrow, get your popcorn ready for Clayton Kershaw and Wade Miley. It's a flat day. There's a lot to overreact to, but I'm also going to overreact to a tweet coming up in the next segment. That'll be with Craig Sean as we'll talk a little bit more extensively about Eric Lauer. And as the Brewers prepare to maybe roll with a six-man rotation, keeping Colin Ray around with Adrian Hauser in the rotation now as well, uh, maybe that extra day of rest is going to help out Eric Lauer. Who knows? We'll break all of that down coming up in a moment with Craig Kishan. Just getting started here on Brewers Extra Innings with you all the way to 11 o'clock this evening. And we want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park as my read has frozen up on me here for a second. Sorry, my browser froze. I was remembering that from memory there, but they've been serving a Businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, Fifth Third Bank, that is, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association member FDIC, our presenting sponsor of Brewers Extra Innings, our thanks to them. More to come here on the program after this. This is... Willie to left of deep head. Aren't those the heartbreaking calls? The get up, get up. Oh, it's at the wall. Willie Adams robbed by Chris Taylor once again. And Yelich got robbed, just like the 2018 uh, NLCS. This is Chris Taylor. He did this last year, too, remember, at American Family Field. Chris Taylor becomes a just the best outfielder you have ever seen when he steps foot at American Family Field. I don't know what the deal is, Craig Kishon. This is ridiculous. Somebody's got to make sure that like his, you know, his wake-up call doesn't go off tomorrow or maybe there's a ghost in his room. Something like that. We got to figure this out with Chris Taylor. Well, back in the old days, you know what they used to do, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> nah, I'm telling you what, there there's uh, certain guys you run across and 
he's definitely one of them. And, and the worst part about it is, you know, you only play the Dodgers, what, six or seven times uh, a season. So, and he didn't start in yesterday's game. But um, I hear you, man. It was it was just part of what turned out to be kind of a frustrating night because you at the beginning of the game, Dom, you felt really good with Eric Lauer out there considering some tremendous career numbers against the Dodgers and uh, did not even resemble that first batter on in this game. And for Lauer, the quote from Craig Council that we'll play a little bit later on in the program is that he just never really got into a rhythm at all. And that's truly, I mean, anytime you give up a leadoff home run, you're kind of immediately into damage control. The sirens are going off in your head, and then you walk Freddie Freeman. That's just an example of this top half of this Dodger lineup. I mean, if you take a breather for a moment, you're like, oh, no, here's Freddie Freeman. Oh, no, here comes Max Muncy, who leads the National League in home runs. This top half of the order, I mean, it's the Dodgers. You, you shouldn't be surprised by it. But is, is there concern for you, for Lauer, for this slow start and – you know, it seems like every other start is due for a clunker like this one. And he's a competitive SO son of, you know, like, it's just one of those things. You know it's in there. We've seen him perform. It just hasn't clicked yet. Well, I think the concern that I would have is is focus right now. Um, you know, I, I get giving up a solo home run. Uh, those are the ones that if you have to give them up, those are the ones you obviously want to give up. You don't want to give up the two or three run home runs. Um, so, Okay. So a leadoff home run to, to Mookie Betts and then uh, a four-pitch walk to Freeman and then you don't pay attention to him. He right away steals second base. And then and then you commit an error uh, for whatever reason trying to pick him off. So he's a third sacrifice fly, scores him, and, and it's 2 nothing And it shouldn't be 2 nothing in the first inning because you got the next two guys. Um, you, had, you had Willie Adamas make a great play behind you in that first inning as well. Um but this was a strange one, too, if you look at the numbers. He, he exits, uh, doesn't even make it through four innings. On 67 pitches and 44, those were strikes. I mean, the guy was throwing strikes. 13 of his 17 first pitch were strikes. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't to me, equal, okay, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't do your job, and, and you're not even lasting four innings in this one. I saw... Uh, a frustrated uh, Craig Council come out to get him in that fourth inning, and I saw um, maybe an equally or more perplexed Eric Lauer leave the mound. Uh, his body language wasn't great, in my opinion. So this is going to be interesting because this is kind of how his season has gone. And it was 4 nothing at the time. But Craig Council and what I think the Brewers were thinking there was, we cannot let him see Mookie Betts a third time. And he had already had the home run. He hit a line out his next time up as well. So they were like, we cannot let him see him a third time while we have the opportunity to do so. Hey, the bullpen is fresh enough. There is an off day on Thursday. Let's take advantage of having maybe an edge in the bullpen. And that's where I saw that coming for the Brewers. And obviously it didn't pan out with the uh, the two-run shot in the sixth by Vargas to really put this one out of hand. And the Brewers could not muster up a rally. Now on the other side, before you joined, Craig, talked about the fact that, you know, maybe Noah Syndergaard not pitching in this game was the best thing that could have happened to the Dodgers because they got to rely on one of their strengths, their bullpen, and not have to throw one of their main arms and Noah Syndergaard. And this is an interesting text that I would love to get your thoughts on, and I have thoughts on this too. 
How long before Major League teams start only putting you know pitchers in for two innings at a time, where you see opener and then reliever and then reliever, then maybe a bulk guy later? But like, I I, I truly believe that is the next thing that the Rays are going to innovate, right? Where they say, oh, we're just going to go with seven relievers today, deal with it. And I I think we're closer to that, especially after seeing games like tonight. Well, if you run into a situation like the Dodgers did tonight, a you have to do it, uh, but but b if you run into to injuries, I mean, that, that completely opens the door for that. If, if you have multiple starting pitchers that are out and you don't have anybody that you can rely on from the, from the minor league side, um, and so keep that uh, revolving door open. I mean, we're starting to see that for the Brewer bullpen already here uh, between Nashville and, and uh, Milwaukee. So I could definitely see that. I mean, it's, it's something that's uh, been done a little bit before, um, but I think they're they're protecting guys more. The Brewers are already in in um, in six man rotation mode here right now. So it, it, that's a definitely a really good point and something I wouldn't be surprised seeing more of. The reason why I think it's not as close as maybe this texter thinks is for one, when you have guys like Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta who can get multiple guys out multiple times through the order, you're going to use them, right? If they're still your most effective pitcher, you might as well use them, and that's the whole point of bulk and things of that nature. I understand that, in theory, having a different reliever every inning would make it difficult on the hitter. I understand that. But at the same time, you're asking a lot out of those relievers to be throwing likely every other day for an entire season. We're talking... 60, 70 game seasons for everybody in your bullpen, and that adds up very, very quickly, which is why I don't think we're quite to it yet, especially with the amount of stress on guys' arms. Everybody's throwing max effort these days, sliders and curveballs, and Tommy John is everywhere. So I I see that innovation happening at some point in our lifetimes, but tonight seems like an easy example to say, oh, it's totally going to work, but there are other reasons why it wouldn't work come August, September, when you see guys' bodies breaking down and things of that nature. We're going to talk about the difference-making moment of the game up next. I'm going to get your reaction to a tweet that I had somebody tweet to me that I really would want to just really have an argument about with, uh, but in a positive light. So that's coming up next. Wait a minute. I have some takes. (laughs) I have some takes here, okay, Craig? We got some takes to talk about. Stay with us. That is what we call a tease. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. More to come after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings. He faced this guy one more time because I'd struck him out the last time I pitched to him. And he said, I know, but it's the same inning. <laughs> Bob Euchre was telling some stories tonight here on WTMJ. I mean, when it was 6 to nothing and the offense was set down 13 in a row at one point, sometimes you just got to go back to Bob Euchre stories, and those uh, always make you smile. I'm Dominic Catronio with Craig Kishon. Thanks for joining us here. So, Craig, Roddy Telez... It's a home run to get the Brewers away from the shutout. First run of the game, his 10th of the year. He leads the team. He's now in the top five in the National League in home runs hit. Now, it's on my Twitter. So this dude is this dude named Nick. Tweets to me, king of the most garbage time home runs. Classic stat padding. Nick, if they don't try when they're losing, you're going to be the type of guy that says they aren't giving their all. And then if they give their all when they're losing, it's suddenly garbage time. What are we talking about, man? Rowdy Telez has hit so many clutch home runs for the Brewers when it counts, or in the fir- does the first inning not count too because there's no score yet because there's nothing to decide? Give me a break, man. What are we talking about here? Yeah, that's not good stuff. Come on now. 
No more, no more of those. No more of those. Tighten it up, guys. This guy. Yeah, no. Nah, Tighten I mean, it up. Hey, look, I, I, I get people are frustrated. It's, it's a six nothing game, and you're probably, you know, I, I, I know there are some fans out there thinking, well, you know, you got the starter out there. You know, you got to get to one of these guys in the bullpen. But, you know, that's not how it always works. And uh, this is this is an unbelievable team and lineup that Milwaukee's going up against. And you know what? There are there are managers and there are coaches in sports who will not talk about the opposing team. Uh, they just won't do it. They don't want to give anybody any bulletin board material. They want to just concentrate on their own team. Craig Council said the other day, and I and I thought this was this was great because he's just speaking the truth of admiring um sports and teams that accomplish things in sports. You know, he was asked about uh, this series and where the Dodgers are right now and how big these are, how big series, how big of series that these two teams scoring off, you know, in the playoffs, even during the regular season, some of the success the Brewers have had out in L.A. And, and he simply said, you know, the Dodgers have been and still are the class of the National League. And it's not only recently, they have been for at least a decade now. So these are the this is the one team you shoot for when you get the opportunity to play them. So you're not out of the game in the seventh inning when it's six to nothing. Are you kidding me? I felt great, actually, with those two solo home runs because I'm thinking we're still in the seventh inning and get another runner or two on and pop another one and suddenly – you got yourself, uh, you're set up for a great finish coming up here. And, and so much so, they forced their closer, Evan Phillips, into the game in that ninth inning. They had exactly. to use their A relievers. They had to use Gratterall. They had to use Phillips. They respected the Brewers enough to realize this 6-2 lead can disappear in an instant. Did they get the job done? No, we know that. But at the same time, exactly what you're talking about, Craig, Dave Roberts was not going to let that slip away on a night that became a bullpen marathon. He was hoping to stay away from his A bullpen, I imagine, but when things turned out, he had to make sure he went to his guys and got the W when it counted. Uh, I want to get to our difference-making moment of the game, but before we do that, I want to address this text here with you, Craig. Uh, thanks for the positivity. As always, this is from Alex and, and Tosa. Wondering with Hira hitting so well in AAA, hitting both lefties and righties, what point do we consider bringing him up? I know with Weicho coming back from the 60-day, that will complicate things on the infield. And I appreciate the text there, Alex. And you bring up one of the things that I would have brought up, the roster crunch. Keston obviously is not on the 40-man right now. He would need to be added to that 40-man. You also currently have Weicho on the 60-day. You have Brandon Woodruff on the 60-day. So those are two guys that are currently not on the 40-man roster that you anticipate back at some point in June. In my opinion... It's still a little early on Voight. I know it's 60 plate appearances that haven't been pretty against lefties. I understand. But at the same time, you've got to give him a fair shake. And there may not be room for Keston here as things stand right now. Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I I don't see Keston here here uh, unless there's almost a dire circumstance. And, And I don't mean that by... Who last resort, you know, they got to bring him up. It's not that it's, it's like multiple injuries um, somewhere along that line. Uh, let's face it. They, they've given this guy all the opportunities when a lot of things counted for this franchise already. Uh, when they, when they cut him loose at spring training, 
I'm not sure they were expecting a chance to bring him back. I think, I think a lot of people thought in the baseball industry, probably including us, Dom, that somebody was going to claim him. Maybe you know, fresh start, new organization. He's been with the Brewers his whole career, and it didn't happen. So they got him back. So now he's doing his thing at AAA again. He's had a lot of success there. We we know that. Uh, but but I don't see him I, I, in the first half of the season anyway. And then after that, I, I think things really would have to change pretty dramatically for a spot to open up for him on the big league roster. He is still striking out about 30% of the time, which is one of the number no, number one knocks. And if he's striking out 30% in AAA, he's going to strike out at least that in the big leagues. He is hitting homers. He's hitting 11 home runs right now. He's hitting 321. And against lefties, he has done very, very well compared to his Big league reverse splits. Lefties is hitting 323, but this is where sample size come in, guys. That's only 34 plate appearances against left-handed pitching. I still need to see more from both Voight. He deserves a fair shake, and I still need to see a little bit more from Keston Hira as well as the season goes along. So I wanted to address that while we had you on the program, Craig, but right now it's time for our difference-making moment of the game. That's brought to you by NS Wealth Management, who's different. It's not driven by commission sales or by pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact NX Wealth Management. Know the difference. NXWealth.com. Craig, there isn't many difference-making moments in a 6-2 game, but what do you have for us tonight? Well, I'll be honest with you, Dom. I'm, I'm going to the very first inning on this one. Uh, both of my choices were in the first inning. It was either going to be Betts leadoff home run uh, or it was going to be the home run that I was setting up in my scorecard. I had my pencil ready to go for Willie Adamas, and that fell just short. I thought for sure off the bat that was his uh, third home run in as many days. That would have given the Brewers a 3-2 lead and completely changed the complexion of this game. And, and maybe for, for Eric Lauer, too, in this one, to actually work with the lead after giving up uh, those two runs in the first inning. So mine is going to be the home run that wasn't for Willie Adamas, and, and then the Brewers obviously were shut out until the seventh inning. I don't mind either one of those picks, Craig. I'm going to go in the third inning, though. Uh, with the leadoff single from Tyrone Taylor. He stole second base during Weimer's at-bat. So a man on second with one out. And Yelly lines the ball in the left center field. Looks like it's going to get down. It would score a run. Maybe he would get a double out of it. But no, there's that man, Chris Taylor, making another diving catch in the gap. I think that was the actual dagger in the heart. Like the, the opponent already had it wielded. Now they actually swung it. Because you can get over a great play in the first inning. But... This would have got them on the board earlier, give some mojo. Instead, Chris Taylor diving to his left said, uh-uh, I know where I am. I know what I'm here to do. I'm here to break Milwaukee Brewers fans' hearts. And that was my difference-making moment of it. Yep, I like it. I mean, look, the uh, two out of the three first innings, the Brewers uh, had the leadoff guy on, and in both those both those innings, uh, Taylor put a stop defensively, uh, you know, with his glove in left field, so... Uh, definitely stoppers and disappointers for sure for the crew. Nonetheless, get your popcorn for tomorrow, my friend. Wade Miley, 
Clayton Kershaw, two of the best starts this season for lefties in the National League. They both are in the top 10 in ERA so far this season. The ageless, the age is just a number, and as Adam McCalvey points out, it's the Skechers Bowl. Both of them are Skechers-sponsored athletes here at American Family Field. I, I can't wait. This should be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a very different game. And worth noting, both of these teams struggle against left-handed starters. Not just the Brewers. The Dodgers also struggle against left-handed starters. So it could be two very similar styles. Really looking forward to it, man. Hey, look, we may have to we have to put a, a mock post-game show together if uh, if everything lives up to its billing. But definitely looking forward to uh, Miley on the mound tomorrow. He has been, you know, beyond a a pleasant surprise. Uh, every single start, it seems like, for Milwaukee. He's he's the glue right now in that rotation. He's been good stuff. And Greg Kishan always bringing the goods here on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, obviously, no post game tomorrow, so enjoy uh, the off day on Thursday. Uh, and we'll holler at you, I believe, uh, next week, or do we have you as well this weekend? Not this weekend. I've got uh, my son's college graduation, so I will be uh, out of the loop, my friend, but we'll be uh, keeping tabs for sure. Congratulations. All right. Great stuff for the Kashan family this week, and our thanks to him as well. We'll roll on with the program coming up after this. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. Bob. <laughs> Bob Uecker, the one, the only. This is 620 WTMJ, your home of the Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio. Brewers Extra Innings will be with you until the top of the hour here tonight. It's a 6-2 final. In this one, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. This one from Mark in River West. What did the Brewers see in Lauer with at least half of his outings like this? Walks and then ignores them so that they can steal so easily, and then he throws and commits an error on the ball so poorly. Look, on that one, like we talked about with Craig, I think the game just sped up on him a little quick. And I'm a little alarmed at Eric's starts to his games, right? It's all the damage has been happening to him in the first three innings. And I, I know he's majority only thrown the first three innings this season. But of the 23 runs he has allowed this year, 18 of them have been in the first three innings of the game. That first time through the order. That's where we're seeing the issue right now for Eric Lauer. And tonight, I think, was more of an anomaly of a guy being able to steal on first move on first pitch. You almost never see that uh, against Eric Lauer because he has such an elite pickoff move. And the Dodgers gambled that he wasn't going to pick off on the first attempt, and they were right. Freddie Freeman steals second. The game sped up on Eric. It happens to the best of us. And then you move on. You know, everybody makes mistakes in this game. That's why there is an error column. Uh, for Lauer, reading some of the quotes post game down there with the reporters, with Adam McAlvey and Todd Rosiak and Steve McGargie, it's just that, you know, he knows physically. The velo is fine. You know, he's not worried about being a down a tick or two right now in velo. He's 90, he sat 91 tonight. That's really a non-story for me. But what he's talking about is on the mental side of things. He wants to be sharper, and that's exactly what we're seeing in this first month plus of the season. So, reminder, look at the calendar. It's May 9th. He's got time to figure this out. And maybe... If the Brewers stick with this six-man rotation for the time being, that extra day of rest could go a long way for Eric and for the rest of the rotation if they can help keep things moving until Brandon Woodruff comes back from the injury list. By the way, the news on Woodruff today, he has played catch now for back-to-back days, starting with our baby steps, getting him back into game shape. It's just a very TBD role right now. 
continue to play catch, continue to feel good. He is around the team. He is around the clubhouse. He has not spoken directly to the media yet since starting his throwing program, but we will see what happens. I am preaching patience with Brandon Woodruff. Let's let things play out before we overreact. Right now, it's time for Who's Hot and Who's Cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. You can trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. You can, For a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or a furnace unit, and it's families helping families since 1912. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider, that's S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. Who's cold would be easy thing to say would be the Brewers' offense tonight. Uh, nobody had multiple hits, only five total knocks, three walks as well. Eight strikeouts is not a huge deal, but the Brewers' offense is certainly a little bit cold against the Dodgers. Uh, as for who's hot, Will Smith, my goodness, what a professional hitter. He goes three for four with the home run, the two-run shot there in the, uh, excuse me, a solo shot and another RBI single as well. Smith had himself a solid day. The Dodgers, on games that he starts as catchers, as a catcher, are now 15 and five when he starts behind the plate. Uh, overall, they're 22 and 15. So you do the math real quick. That's seven and 10 with anybody else behind the plate. He is a difference maker, Will Smith, for these Dodgers. He is certainly my candidate for who is hot right now. Tomorrow, man, this is gonna be fun. Wade Miley and Clayton Kershaw. There is. You know, reason for concern and one quick little alarm bell to go off for you. Keston, or excuse me, Keston, Christian Yelich has great history against uh, Clayton Kershaw. In fact, he's got a couple of homers off of him. He's really handled him as well. He's 9 for 26 in his career. That's just a smidge over 333. Whereas the rest of the team is 1 for 37. So something's got to give tomorrow. What kind of a lineup are we going to see, too? Are we going to see the all-righty lineup, even though it's Clayton Kershaw, and it quite frankly doesn't matter if you're seeing righties or lefties. It's Clayton Kershaw, the future Hall of Famer. Are you going to stick with at least a couple of lefties like Rowdy, like Winker? Is Voigt going to play first? Is Rowdy going to play first? Is Brasso going to play third? Does Anderson get the day off now? There's a lot of chain reactions that we want to wait and see and find out. Now, a reminder, we will not have a Brewers extra innings after the game tomorrow, but we do have a Brewers weekly on Thursday night where we can react to this game despite the off day on Thursday and get you ready for the Royals over the weekend. So a reminder, program note, no post game tomorrow, but we'll be back Thursday night with Brewers Weekly, and that will also populate in your podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe to Brewers All Access. We're going to take a breather. Come back with Craig Council's thoughts on this one. Brewers fall 6-2. All right, it's a loss. It's no big deal. Rubber game tomorrow against the Dodgers. Off day Thursday. And then you get the Royals coming to town Friday through Sunday. I'm Dominic Catronio. It was a tough one for Eric Lauer tonight. Worked into the fourth inning. He gets the loss. His ERA is over 4.5 at this point early going in the season. Let's hear the manager's thoughts on Eric and the game at large. Here's Craig Council. You know, he was kind of the off-speed stuff wasn't wasn't very effective tonight. Um, so he was kind of relying on, you know, really the, really the fastball was he was kind of stuck on it a little bit. Had to be, um, and you know, they had some. You know, I just thought they had some good swings kind of throughout the game. Um, so you know, it was wasn't his best start for sure. It was really kind of a disjointed first inning all together. Um, when you went out to visit Eric, uh, yeah, there's no, was no, there was no issue there. That we saw something, but there was no issue. 
And then as far as Syndergaard went, was that, did, did they tell you, was that like... Uh, he had, he, he apparently cut himself at some point before the game and um, uh, there was just, you know, that's why he came out of the game. I'm surprised he pitched at all after, I mean, you could see sort of the blood on his finger though. I couldn't see it. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea. But I mean, for a team to lose its starting pitcher that early their, their bullpen did a pretty nice job yeah we, I mean we did they did especially early I thought you know their, their guys you know kind of cruised through the second third uh, fourth you know pr- pretty good um, fifth really pretty good um, we got some stuff going when, against Miller and made it tough on Gratterall but um, you know they got through those middle innings um, you know where we, we couldn't kind of disrupt how they wanted to to go the rest of the game, unfortunately. Does that make it tougher when, like, you're seeing essentially a different pitcher every at bat? Really yeah, I mean, I mean that's a bullpen game that that's that happens in today's game. Um, you know, it, it. You know, bottom line is that we didn't put enough pressure on them in those those four innings. I think, and um, to, even to just put multiple hitters up there, run you know, challenge pitch counts, challenge matchups. Um, I know we just didn't do enough in those innings. Eric, how about the job that Elvis, you know, has continued to done another yeah. two innings tonight? Yeah, he, he. I mean, he got a, you know, he really gave us a chance tonight with five big outs. Um, you know, he came into a tough spot, second and third, um, and and got us out of that. Um, so he gave us two cracks at it, down four, um, and you know, four outs last night, five outs tonight. Job well done. Do you think Gus was maybe a little keyed up tonight, or is he still kind of working, working his way back, working his feet? Yeah, I mean, look, there was some there was some good signs from Gus for sure. Um, you know, he, he got ahead of a lot of hitters, and then had really had some troubles with two strikes. Really, he just couldn't finish any hitters. Um, so that that ran up the pitch count, led to some walks, um, and uh, you know that that kind of it just lengthened the outing. I mean, I think. 45-ish pitches and four outs, so five base. I think four or five base runners. So, yeah, I mean there was there was some swing and miss. There was some getting ahead quickly, um, but he had trouble finishing hitters. They're probably a little tight on pitching tomorrow. Do you feel all right with the guys you didn't use? Just the guys. Yeah, I, I think we're all right. I mean, it's you know last day of a nine-game stretch. Normal. Brewers fall six to two today. And, yeah, you look at the bullpen tomorrow. I'm just looking ahead here, figuring out, you know, who could be available for the Dodgers and what their upcoming schedule looks like. It doesn't get any easier for the Dodgers. They're about to fly back home. Uh, Just a weird schedule where they played at home against San Diego or down in San Diego, Sunday night baseball. They fly here for a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series. At least they get Thursday off before heading back home to the Dodgers. So, yeah, in theory, they might be available or they might be a little thin in the bullpen, but they're really probably going to empty the tank kind of like the Brewers did uh, or will have available to them. They threw Bryce Wilson. They had Hobie Milner getting ready to go there uh, in the ninth inning just in case, too. So he's obviously available tomorrow. Cuz Varlin won't be available tomorrow, but uh, Pioms is available. Devin's available. So I think both teams, and Evan Phillips is going to be available. And as I imagine, Bruce Dahl-Gratterar would be available too. So with that off day coming up on Thursday, 
both of these teams are willing to maybe stretch and push the envelope a little bit in tomorrow's series finale. Uh, we're going to relive the highlights. There were a couple to talk about. That's coming up after the break on Brewers Extra Innings. Come. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for July highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. We've got some of that, and we got fooled at one point in this one, too. Dodgers and Brewers, game two of the series. Eric Lauer pitted against Noah Syndergaard. But this thing got going in a hurry. Two pitches in to Mookie Betts. One strike delivery. Here he comes again. Mookie Betts just hit one out of here. And the Dodgers have the lead. When Bob can call it right off the bat, you know it was a no-doubter. The 39th career leadoff homer for Mookie Betts, that's the third most among active players. They would add another run in that first inning on a sacrifice fly from Will Smith. 2-0 Dodgers after a half inning, but the Brewers would respond with getting two men aboard immediately in the bottom of the first off of Syndergaard, who was dealing with blood on his right index finger. Willie Adamas would be the batter ahead in the counts. Maybe he's going to do some damage. Here it is. Swinging a line drive to a leaping grab by Willie Adamas. He timed it perfectly and pulled it down. Took a base hit away from Chris Taylor. Beg your pardon. That was the great leaping catch in the top half of the inning from Willie Adamas. In the bottom half of the inning, he was robbed by Chris Taylor on a leaping catch in left field. Chris Taylor, something about this ballpark and him. They just don't get along. So the Brewers would end up leaving the inning scoreless after a double play from Rowdy Telez, but Noah Syndergaard would not return. He ended up with a cut on the top of his index finger. The Dodgers would have to go with a bullpen parade, and they were stymieing the Brewers for the most part in this contest. The Dodgers would add an RBI single from Miguel Rojas in the second, a solo homer from Smith in the third, and Lauer was done in the fourth inning. The Brewers, at one point, they were set down 13 in a row. Then they're against Shelby Miller in the seventh inning, and it was Roddy Telez at the plate. 0-1, there's a fly ball deep center field. Retreating back is Thompson at the track. Wall gone! Roddy Telez hits his 10th of the season, and the Brewers are on the board. And then two batters later, how about Victor Caratini in his hot start? Caratini, a high drive, deep right center field. That ball is way out of here. Caratini with his second home run of the season, and the Brewers with a pair of solo shots here in the seventh, and they trail by four at 6-2. to two. He ambushed on that fastball, but nonetheless, the Brewers would get traffic in the eighth and ninth innings, force Bruce Dahl-Gratterall and Evan Phillips into the game, but they could not overcome the 6-2 deficit. The final, that was it tonight at American Family Field. However, tomorrow, it's a good one. Wade Miley, Clayton Kershaw, a 12:40 first pitch right here on WTMJ at American Family Field. Come on out and enjoy the game. This should be an all-time matchup between two of the crafty lefties that this game has seen. And, of course, a rematch of the 2018 NLCS Game 5. We'll wrap up the program coming up after this Brewers Extra Innings. Let's wrap up the program with a couple of odds and ends. A reminder, no post game tomorrow. We'll roll right into Wisconsin's afternoon news after the game. And then off day on Thursday. But we will have Brewers Weekly for you at 8 o'clock live right here on WTMJ. If you can't catch it live, you can join us in the podcast form after the fact. 
Going to have uh, Charlie Green, the catching guru, join us on Brewers Weekly this week. Uh, really looking forward to you guys hearing a little bit of that, uh, of our conversation. Talking Brewers, talking minor leaguers, talking catching and the, the ways of the techniques. He has been the catching coordinator for, I believe this is season 19 with the Brewers. He is now also the assistant field coordinator, helping out everything down in the minor league. So I'm looking forward to bringing you guys that conversation here on Thursday. And then the the uh, Royals will come to town for the weekend. We will have post-game shows after uh, every single one of those games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And a reminder, if you're one of those folks that you know maybe turns on the television and syncs up the radio uh, for your games, Friday we will be on ba- Apple TV+. Plus. We will not be on Bally. So plan accordingly. If you don't have Apple TV+, Plus, don't worry. You can just sync up straight with us and let Bob and Lane paint the pictures for you. Or, reminder, if you have them both, just go ahead and sync us up with Bob Euchre on the call on Friday. Saturday, it's a 7-10 first pitch on Friday, 6-10 on Saturday, and 1-10 on Sunday. We'll have Brewers warm-up as well before the games on Saturday and Sunday. want to take a moment to thank one of the guys that you don't really get to hear from all that often, our producer, Tommy Wirtz. Tommy, this was his last show of this season, but for good reason. He is headed to the Wilmer Stingers in the Northwoods League. And, Tommy, I know uh, you have done the Northwoods League before, so uh, hopefully you've got a comfy pillow for those bus rides, my friend. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. It's uh, it's a grind, that summer ball life, but love it. Get to work with some more baseball. And uh, alumni of the Stingers, Gus Varland. Yes, both Varlands pitched for the Stingers back in the day. They're Minneapolis natives, so perfect for them to have repped the Stingers. And if you're not familiar with the Northwoods League, it's a collegiate summer league. And not only is it an opportunity for some players to get some more reps, but opportunity for guys like Tommy to get some on-air reps. My teeth were cut on the Cape Cod League for two summers in 2014 and 2015. And I saw a certain Orleans Firebirds team that featured both Eric Lauer, Corbin Burns, Sean Murphy, Kyle Lewis, Bobby Dahlbeck, to name a few. Oh, Brian Reynolds on that team as well. So, uh, Tommy, thank you for all your hard work, my friend, and we wish you safe travel and a great summer in Wilmer, my friend. Thank you, Tom. I love working here, and uh, hopefully I see you again. All right, buddy. We'll see you next time. Keep on swinging.